0: It's time for a brand new episode of Below the Iceberg and we are back with season 2 and this is episode 23. This is the one and only podcast where we talk to real life 2 Comma Club winners. Now, if you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a wannabe entrepreneur or you've been in business for a while, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice from our million dollar guests. Now, if you don't know what a Two Comma Club winner is, it's where they've built one funnel inside the ClickFunnels software and sold $1 million through just that one funnel, which is fantastic. In today's episode, I had the lovely opportunity to talk with Eric Sorensen, who is a member of Russell Brunson's Inner Circle. Now, we talked about how he went from agency owner, who sold his thriving agency, and then he discovered ClickFunnels. And this all happened just before covid hit then he went on and achieved a two comma club with a brand new business at the following 2021 funnel hacking live now he's on his fourth business and on his way to achieving nearly 10 million since 2019 so we discussed how it all started for him as a newspaper classified junior so let's dive in and discover all the ups the downs and all of the story that goes below the iceberg welcome eric to below the iceberg
1: thank you it's uh, awesome to be here
0: thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and chat with me today i want to super congratulate you on getting that two comma club that i can see behind you there (laughs) (laughs) yes so that is awesome. So what I like to do with my guests is I do a little bit of a dive into their social media profiles to have a look, see what I can find, really. <laughs> so, oh, that
1: could be that could be really scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the reason I like to do it is to show our listeners that you can achieve a two comma club and have a very small following. That's one of the big key things. But then also, on the other hand, there's people who have massive following. So it's good to see the difference. So I'll be honest, I didn't find a right lot um, under Ignite. That's your business, yeah, Ignite?
1: Uh, Yes, that's part of of the business. That's one of my businesses, I should say.
0: Okay, so... I couldn't find a lot under ignite uh, on your social media profile, so I'm a bit li- I'm a little bit puzzled, <laughs> really. So I can't wait to to discover more from you. So, do you want to tell our listeners what it is that you actually do?
1: Yes, absolutely. So my entire career has been in the marketing, the advertising space. I've been an ad agency owner for uh, quite a while, um, and uh, recently shifted about two two and a half years ago to a little bit of a different model, Ignite is just my latest uh, venture. This is essentially what my next five years is going to be all about. And it literally just launched. All
0: right, okay. I, I would
1: call it a soft launch just in the last two weeks. So that's why you haven't heard a lot about it just yet because this is something that's brand new for me. But my Two Comma Club didn't come from that effort. It come, came from a similar effort, but this is something I feel sort of called to move towards. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm really going towards.
0: All right, okay. So the Two Comma Club, what was... What was the business that you got with the Two Comma Club?
1: So the Two Comma Club, it came from uh, a couple of efforts in one business. So essentially, I own an agency. uh, So we do marketing and automation uh, uh, efforts. And by the way, your automations for just setting up this podcast were actually super awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I got several texts, several email reminders. I'm like, yes, somebody's using automation the right way. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so congratu- congratulations on that. Thanks. So it was essentially, it was a company that uh, I had sold the company a few years ago, and I was, I was in the space where I was just trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, that company had generated about $50 million in business, so I did fairly well with it, sold it. And my journey is a little bit different than most entrepreneurs, just due to the fact that I didn't necessarily follow the, you know, hey, I'm dead broke, and I found my thing, and bam, I just, it was a massive success overnight. Mine was a little different. I had some successes early on when I ventured off into my first ad agency. And then I sold it, like I said, just a few short years ago, four years ago or so. And I, I, I had money in the bank and, you know, I had some awesome things going on. I started living life. And I thought, you know, like most entrepreneurs, we put a lot of effort in our achievement. And for me, that was like the thing. If I could sell my business and do really well and be financially strong, I've got it made. And I have to tell you, it was like a crazy cool experience for like four minutes. Right? <laughs> Tom Billy talks about this. Tom Billy's like, you know, I made all my wealth all at one time. And then all of a sudden I saw these zeros and it was super cool. And then you're like, okay, well, w- what's next? And I didn't have a clear plan after. And so my journey actually started just four years ago, even though I'm 15, 17 years into my career.
0: Right. Okay. When
1: I, everything, actually went way downhill for me. Uh, You know, I had a a purpose. I had a team of 30 people. I had uh, all of these other things going on. I owned a print shop as well and a direct mail company and all of these marketing related services. And we were building and growing and serving clients and helping them really expand. And all of a sudden went from that to having no purpose, lost all all my momentum, thought it was cool for, like I said, four minutes. And essentially, I sort of fell into this deep, dark pit where i didn't really know where to go or really know what to do i I don't know if you experienced that in your life
0: so well yeah quite often
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah which month right
0: (laughs) so what so what so two comma club when did you when did you get that
1: uh last year actually and it was a result from essentially going downhill. And I remember, I remember the day it was May 22nd, 2019. And I'm sitting there going like, I am I, not really serving anyone. I'm not really having a purpose. I had lost like all my purpose and I'm sitting there and, and I'm in this really, honestly, this dark place. I, at that point, I hadn't made any income for like two years, maybe three. Um, I was just simply living off of proceeds of a sale. And I have a big family and, and a lot of things going on around me. And I'm sitting there going like, I'm not serving anyone. And I, you know, you know, we, Russell Brunson, you know, talks about this calling, right? And so I felt this calling to, that I needed to move a certain direction, which frankly ignite is the result of that calling here two years later or two and a half years later. But I read a quote that day, May 22nd, 2019, that said that the scariest day of your life is the day you die when the person you are meets the person you could have become. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I am literally like 10% of the person that I have the potential to be. And I've got all this way to go. And I'm, I'm like literally wasting away my life, my legacy, not doing anything. And so essentially, I went to work. And just so you know, this life of the two comma club, and I'm also in Russell Brunson's inner circle. Um, all right. That, that whole world, by, by the way, all the podcasts that you've done in the past, are all, you got all my, a lot of them are my inner circle fellow Fellow um, friends, so it's really <laughs> cool to listen to them, and and we get to hang out quite a bit because of being an in inner circle. That but funny. I, I was like, okay, I started. I really started from there, and I launched an effort. And this was in 2020, actually, in February of 2020. Not necessarily the best time to launch a company, <laughs> but it worked, and I achieved two comma club in less than a year, and we're on our way to 10 million dollars. We're trying to get it before Funnel Hacking Live, but I think it's going to be like a month after. I've Uh, got to like pull something out of my hat to get (laughs) about a million dollars more. And we'll be at uh, the 2CCX to $10 million at the the end of this year. So so
0: what was that business called then?
1: So that business is called HereWorks. And hereworks.com, if you look that up, what it is, is it's actually a what I was doing before I adapted it to the healthcare space, because I had a friend that was like, Hey, come help me in this industry. It needs a lot of positive disruption because there's a lot of negative disruption in it. I jumped full on in and we created an entire marketing and automation campaign following essentially a lot of the frameworks that you follow and with your funnels and that, that the click community essentially follows. And it was something that was revolutionary in the healthcare space because it really wasn't being done that well and done that much. And we went from essentially uh, zero to our first year, I think we did two or 3 million. And then after that uh, last year, we grew 471% in our second yeah. year and we made Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. And,
1: that. and then I went to uh, funnel hacking live in 2021 last year and got my two comma club award. And of course, if you, you know you probably had this opportunity, Polly and I. Those that are on stage this year will get invited to a room where they sell inner circle. Um, and I'm not sure how many spots they'll have left this year. Last year they reopened it, so all the spots were open. All I think 100 spots. And this is what like really shifted for me in my business, is I'm sitting there and it's not that cheap <laughs> to join inner circle. <laughs> And uh, and, it's like, okay, here, you want to join our circle? It's like $50,000 and it'll change your life, whatever. And I went to the meeting and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Like 50 grand, that's a lot. And so I left and I went to my hotel room and you know how like sometimes in in our entrepreneurial journeys, how you just have this feeling like, hey, I need to go a certain direction. And I felt like I absolutely have to do this. I called my wife. I'm like, hey, honey, uh, instead of buying that Tesla, are you cool if I just spend 50 grand on this? (laughs) And, dude, that's when you know, like, you're married to the right person. She's like, yes, go for it. And there's something really, really crazy about a transaction. Uh, I have a book up here, Be uh, Be Your Future Self by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Incredible book. But he talks about that most, as he studied entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs actually had a massive success after making a, usually was a financial investment. And we talk about, like, the principle of burning the boats and cutting off all areas of retreat. Well, for me, uh, I found that to be true, that it was a financial investment because people that pay, pay attention, right? People that pay for something are actually much more engaged. So I actually ran, I I was worried that all the slots were gone. I (laughs) ran back, I gave him 50 grand. (laughs) And after like, you know, catching my breath, after putting that kind of money down, I ran back to my hotel room and the craziest thing happened. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I need to like, prove this to my wife that, that I can, I can five or 10 X this investment immediately. And I came up with a program essentially, as a uh, we call it our platinum program. And what it essentially is, is a training and a coaching, uh, program, uh, that was a year long program. And I created it just at Funnel Hacking Live Friday night, after mm-hmm. spending the money in two hours and two weeks later, I held an event and it generated four hundred six thousand dollars in one day. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Wow. And this year, where our goal is one point three million dollars for just that one little program uh, in September, that we're opening up slots again for it again. So, it, it was it was a it was a crazy crazy journey to get there. But yeah, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. I know that was a little bit of a long winded <laughs> answer. <laughs> so
0: the here works. What were you actually selling there? What were you?
1: Yeah, so we help uh, healthcare clinics, we help them essentially grow from the outside in, and the Platinum program is from the inside out. So essentially what we do is we are an agency for them. We place their digital marketing, traditional marketing. Um, we also um, help them with, we've developed an entire essentially patient nurturing and automation system that essentially nurtures patients throughout every step of their journey. So we looked at their their the journey of these clinics and we said, okay, well, what touch points need to be delivered so we could essentially expand the influence of the practice without expanding their time. And we developed this massive system. Then we integrated it with all the practice management software that they use to interpatient data. And, right. uh, and we, it took a, about uh, a year, year and a half to actually build it the right way. And when we launched, it was, it was pretty awesome. And it was actually the first one in the entire industry uh, for at least for that particular space.
0: So what type of funnel did you use to get them in
1: well of course we created our value ladder right so (laughs) our our very first entry to the value ladder was a webinar funnel we started doing webinars and started really serving uh creating just really good content on how they can grow their practice and and certain things that they need to be doing how they define their ideal ideal client how they get really clarity on where they want to go how can they um uh, create loyalty among their patients and how can they do things a little bit different in order to be able to help them grow. And so we, that was like the beginning. So we did live events. We did, we did, um, uh, webinars and then our webinar funnel led to essentially a, a strategy call because of course, what we do is considered high ticket. Our average client spends, I don't know, anywhere from five to $7,000 a month with us when it includes our fee. And then of course, ad spend. Right. So so from there, we essentially bring them to a, a, a page where it goes to a strategy call. And then from the strategy call, we then pitch them uh, in person, usually over Zoom, on what we do and how we do it. And then once we close, we launch. And we, we help them grow for as long, as long as it takes. And the nice thing is, is we, we have clients from the very first two and a half years ago when we launched uh, still to this day that are still going strong and still doing really well with it. So it's an interesting model because... You know the funnels. We use all of our funnels to track all of our business, right? I mean, and essentially every single funnel led to uh, a strategy call, whether or not we were doing a webinar or a live event, or if we we created a lot of uh, programs like we modeled. You've probably seen the thirty day challenge that Russell did. We did that yeah. for a thirty day practice challenge all right. that led to strategy calls. So, so essentially, uh, multiple uh, several of our funnels have actually made a million dollars or more. I've never really applied for. Those i just sort of put that all into the bucket to hit to the ten million million dollar uh, range, but uh, yeah, that's that's how we did it.
0: Okay, so you had lots of different like lead gens and all go into like book a call
1: exactly, yeah, because as you know, when you're selling somebody on, hey, we can help you grow, and you know when you're charging what we're charging and essentially taking over somebody's ad budget, that's not something that 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 would be very, very difficult to to do without personal touch without an actual conversation
0: do you think so that was during covid then yes do you think covid helped or hindered
1: well i actually thought it would hinder at the time but i actually think it helped and the reason why i think it helped is because people were grasping at straws trying to figure out what to do just to keep their doors open
0: yeah
1: and they knew that they had to do something to be able to be more competitive and get more of the market share because there was much less of it. And they, we grew significantly all through COVID and of course, to this day. So yeah, it helped us.
0: Awesome. So anyway, let's do a little bit of a rewind now. Done. Let's go back to your childhood. So (laughs) what was your childhood like?
1: I actually had a, a pretty incredible childhood. I grew up in a little town called Farmington, Utah, which is just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. I had five siblings. I'm uh, number five of six kids total. Um, I actually had really incredible parents. My dad was actually in the medical field. Um, he ran the Utah Medical Association, and my mom, um, uh, she taught school and some other things, and uh, great parents still alive to this day, and they were just an incredible support. So yeah, I grew up. Um, loving sports and I grew up loving my area, loving hiking and, and outdoors because we were right on the Wasatch Front Mountains uh, growing up, uh, it, was, it, was, it was incredible.
0: And what did you wanna be when you were a child? What did you wanna be when you grew up?
1: So I, I didn't really know, I always had this love of aviation so I always wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> um, and when I started realizing I didn't have the eyes to be like a fighter pilot, and I also realized that I don't, wasn't sure if that was a journey for me because I also wanted to have a family. And, and that's, that's being in the military might have been a little bit of a challenge. And so I, I, that was kind of my goal when I graduated from high school. And then I went on a church mission for a couple of years and I came back and I went to school and I enrolled essentially in the university. I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I thought, well, you know what, my dad's, you know, sort of in the medical field, right? And so I thought I'll try that. So I became an EMT, uh, which, which I didn't really do anything with it was just something and I still didn't know what I was doing. And I remember having a conversation with one of my neighbors one day, and he looks at me and he's like, you know what you should get into. And I said, what he's like, dude, you would be really good at marketing. And I'll be honest, I was probably 21 at the time. I, had, I didn't even know what he was talking about. I'm like, marketing, what's that?
0: <laughs> why, why did <laughs> he kidding. think? What, what did you do to make him think you'd be good at marketing?
1: <laughs> well, maybe it's because he thought I was too much of a schmoozer. I don't know. Uh, that's not <laughs> a good thing. Um, I, I, he, he explained it to me that I had the ability to communicate well. And I had the ability to to communicate certain things. And he thought that, hey, marketing communications might be actually a really good degree for you. And as I started like diving in, I got a job in, this is aging me a little bit, but I got a job at like a local newspaper because I didn't, I mean, I thought that was marketing, right? I mean, newspaper ads have got to be marketing and that's, and newspapers were still doing okay back then. Um, This would have been like early 2000s. And I actually... One of the things that I loved about it, I love the fact that you, like an input created an output. I love the fact that you could create something for somebody from con, from con, a content strategy and a placement strategy, have it out there and, and essentially help the business grow. It was really cool for me to see, wow, if I can actually help them build an ad campaign and even though it was just like the newspaper, right? <laughs> it had a positive effect on so many uh, so many lives of the business owners and I'm like oh my gosh that's what I want to do i actually fell much more in love with the result that happened in the in the business in other words positively changing a life much more than i ever did the money
0: so what did, what job did you get then at the newspaper
1: well first i was this was when this was before sites like eBay or Craigslist. I mean, Craigslist probably was around, but it wasn't very big yet. Uh, I was literally placing classified ads in the newspaper when those existed. And then I became um, essentially an ad rep for them, placing dis- basically display ads in the newspaper. And then I actually started running the, I became an ad manager, like, I don't know, I was 23 years old or something like that.
0: All right. I started okay. running,
1: the, running the whole department, which was crazy.
0: So you got promoted. So you went an entry level, really? Yeah. And he got promoted. So you said you went on a two-year mission. What was that?
1: So I essentially went on a two-year church mission um, and a service mission So for my church. And what, what you do is you basically say, yeah, I want to do this. And you pay for it yourself. And you don't really know where you're going. So they sent me to South America. So I actually lived in Chile, the country of Chile, for two years. I, oh. spoke, I didn't know Spanish. I learned Spanish right before I left. Uh, they have like a missionary training center in Utah. And I went on a church mission and I spoke Spanish, knocked on doors and, and helped see if I could serve in any way for two years straight. I actually didn't speak any English for almost two years straight. So Talk where about do you, like immersion. Where, was do you, crazy.
0: where do you live then when you, do they put you, to, were you on your own or is there a group of you or?
1: No. Yeah. There's, I think there's like 80,000 right now in the world today, but uh, at the time there's probably 50,000. And so they pair you up with a, another another guy and you, you, you work two by two and you, it's a very um, organized, essentially it's an organized, very organized where you have like um, a district that you're over and you have like a district leader and you have like a zone and you have like a zone leader and you have like a, a whole mission and there's like 150 or so missions throughout the church. And so you're over, there's a lot of oversight and it's very strict. I mean, you don't date, you don't go out and party. You don't do anything like that. You literally 16 hours a day are talking to people and serving and, and doing everything you possibly can for 2 years straight. It's it's wow. it insane. And it taught me honestly how to communicate very well. It also taught me a lot about getting over fears. I mean, when you're knocking on somebody's doors in a language that you don't speak and you start having conversations with them. That's pretty pretty intimidating.
0: <laughs> I've done door knocking in in, in, in yeah. English. <laughs> it's <hard>. not fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. It is not fun.
0: <laughs> so, at the newspaper then. So, how long were you the ad manager at the newspaper?
1: So about uh, two or three years, and then I got an offer to right right as I was finishing up college to uh, run an ad department in California. And so I left there and I did that for two years. And, and I, I saw the writing on the wall. About my second year in there, I'm like, newspapers are dead. There's no way that they're going to be able to stay alive and compete. And I'm like, I don't want to put my future on that. But it was bigger than that. One of the problems that I had at the newspaper was the fact that I could only positively affect a client's business uh, in, in a very small way, one small piece of the pie, right? And I started working with ad agencies. I started uh, seeing what they created and the level of creativity in the newspaper business wasn't great at all. And I saw ad agencies creating really cool campaigns and really being able to help a client from a 360 degree perspective. And I'm like, I'm totally doing this. I, so I, I burned the boats in my own, right? It was really tough to do, but I had an idea. And I created a company called Avalanche and I walked out, I quit my job. Um, I had no prospects, very little experience. I had very little money. I bet I had less than $5,000 in the bank. And I walked out and started an ad agency. (laughs) I look back and I'm like, I have no clue how I stayed in business because what I know now versus what I knew then is like vastly different. And I don't even know how, how we survived the first year or two, but we grew that business from, zero to probably three million dollars ish in the first maybe year or two maybe three years I was probably three years and then we stayed at about three million for for I think I was in that business about nine years uh, and then I ended up selling that and I started another ad agency and grew that one from basically zero to ten million in about two two and a half years um, so when you started it,
0: where did you what did you do? Did you go rent an office? What did you do? Cause it was no yeah, homework so working f- then. I found
1: this <laughs> tiny pathetic office that, uh, it was, it was probably not more than a, I don't know, a thousand square feet. And it was in a very rundown area of town. And I remember the rent was like $950 a month or something like that. It might've been less than that. And I went and I tried to find my first client and that's what I did.
0: Well, and How did you do I, that? What did you do?
1: Uh, I picked up the phone. I picked up the phone, I used my mission skills and I started calling, uh, businesses that I knew number one, I, I, I wanted an area where there was an, an industry, where there was an opportunity where people were already spending money on advertising. So it wasn't, I had, I didn't have to sell them on anything. I just had to sell them on me being able to do that for them. So I did that. And I called some businesses in an industry that, uh, spent a lot of money on advertising. So I actually went to the car business and I got my very, very first client and my very first check I'll remember it was $17,000 for their ad campaign back then and you know this was this would have been 2000 i don't I don't know 4 or 5 maybe 6 so something like that
0: cars like car showrooms that sort of thing do you mean i say that selling again cars selling cars car showrooms
1: yeah yep car dealerships All yeah, right, and okay. they advertise a ton yeah yes so most of them have ad agencies and i knew that okay that was a good space to get into and And so, so I did, and we got our first client. I didn't stay in the car business. I actually hated it um, because it was it was all about gimmicks. It was all about like there's a lot of bait and switch going on, and it wasn't the cleanest industry. And it really wasn't me. I stayed in it for probably four years, um, but then moved. We moved on almost immediately from auto and and started getting other clients. We picked up Gold's Gym. uh, We actually did a contract with Walt Disney. Uh, as we started to grow, we we picked up um, some national accounts as well. And we started to really really grow and get some cloud. It was it was a lot of fun in those early days.
0: So why did you why did you sell that first agency?
1: Well, I think part of it was the fact that I um, it was my first agency, and it just was an opportunity. Somebody came to me and said, "Hey, I want to buy your agency." It wasn't worth a whole lot of the time, but I also ended up getting into a partnership that I, um, that I thought was probably best that I moved on from. So it was kind of a pivot point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Uh, I think there's, a, there, there's an opportunity to say yes to this buyer. It ended up actually not being a good deal at all. I ended up losing a significant amount of money because on the back end, they shorted me a ton of money and I ended up walking away from it completely. Oh. Um, just, just because of some of the things that were going on there. Uh, it was actually a, a, looking back. It was a, a great experience for me to learn early on, but it was, it was not a good deal for me for sure.
0: And then you started another agency.
1: Almost immediately. Yeah, I did. I, was it I, the same I started, I
0: or different?
1: very different uh, i, I call it and advertising i know a very creative name <laughs> and um, i took basically all the strategies they had I learned i learned a, a lot you know how it is in business you learn at first what not to do more so than when you learn what to do and so i took all the things that i shouldn't do didn't implement them took sort of the power of what we did do and then tried to learn more about how to make it even better you know, my only strategy in the very beginning of my career, probably, honestly, probably the first 10 years was hustle. I mean, I could out hustle anybody. I, I remember not even going home at night, uh, just working through the night and just put everything at blood, sweat, and tears. It was like a hundred percent hustle is how it got me to, you know, zero, $3 million. But you can only hustle your way to a certain amount of revenue. And, and then also you're not happy, you're exhausted. If you have a family, it's not good on your family. It's terrible on a marriage. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone. And I certainly don't do that now, uh, at least not to that level for sure. But yeah, it was it was all hustle in the beginning. And that second effort was a little bit more, hey, st- strategy. And and I'll never forget, one of the reasons why we were able to get grow so fast was just one one little opportunity. You know, sometimes you found, and you've probably experienced this for yourself, sometimes it's one decision or one, one thing, and just all of a sudden the floodgates open. And for me we had been pursuing a telecom company. And when I say telecom, like internet, TV, phone um, business. So most of it was obviously internet. And at the time, we had just gone through the 2008, 2009 recession, which is, you know, lasted for quite a few years. And so we met them, I want to say it was about 2010 or 2011. And this was a company, this was a telecom company, they were in like four states, and they had they had an investment firm had bought the company for like $80 million. And at the time, their valuation was under 20 because the recession hit them so hard and they were about to shut the doors. And so they hired a new management group and they went to the investors and say, give us some money so that we can build this thing. And one of the things they did was they hired us. And so we went to work and we had created ad campaigns. We had a lot of fun uh, building their business and Four years later, they sold for two hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Oh, wow! And awesome. and one of the crazy things that happened with that is they were they were there were there was a lot of news on this, and at least in the telecom world. And they asked the question like, "How did you do this? How did you turn this around from twenty million to to ten x two hundred over two hundred million dollars in a cell. And they listed five things. We were hiring us was number three. And so word spread, and we got hired all of them by USA Communications, by TBS Telecom, and all these publicly traded companies and we just exploded from there and it was that one little success that just word spread and all of a sudden um we grew by leaps and bounds and it was pretty awesome
0: so what was what was one of the main things he did for them
1: (laughs) well i think (laughs) some golden nuggets
0: that you can share with our audience
1: (laughs) yes the truth is and i know this doesn't sound like a really sound strategy. We truly cared more than anybody else, like we were very passionate about getting results, we were very passionate, we would do what it takes. It's funny, I had my voicemail change to, hi, my name is Eric Sorensen, uh, please leave a voicemail, I'm not available, but if you're a client, whatever the question is, the answer is yes. <laughs> and I don't, I, I got a little wiser a few years later and realized it's probably not the best strategy to say yes to everything. But, you know, we would get calls from clients like, Hey, do you know how to do this? We're like, absolutely. We'll do it for you. And we figured it out. We, we, you know, we, we didn't know exactly how to do that. And we found resources and we were just super resourceful. I mean, I mentioned at the beginning, I know Tony Robbins talks about this all the time. A lot of us think that when you start a business, you need resources. You don't, you don't need money. Um, you need to be resourceful. I think being resourceful is actually the biggest, the biggest, especially when you're starting out, thing that any entrepreneur can have is to actually be resourceful. If you don't have money, you can find money or you can find investors. If you don't have, uh, if you don't have certain t- tools or techniques, you can be resourceful you can figure it out. If you don't have any clients, pick up the phone, uh, build your funnels, like start testing and trying it. And it never works the first time. I mean, maybe every once in a while, But I love the name of your podcast because all the people see is what's above the water. They don't see what's under it. And there are no overnight successes. The the truth is, is what happens, we're essentially rewarded in public for what happens in private. What happens in the darkness, we get rewarded in the light. And nobody knows the times where I never went home. (laughs) I was working 24 hours a day sometimes and rarely sleeping. People don't see that. They see the the real estate, or they see the cars, or they see the trips, or they see whatever they see.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's not the truth. The truth is, is it's 95% of the, uh, is is below the water, the bottom part of the iceberg and the rest of it's on the top that everybody (laughs) sees.
0: Yeah, totally. So
1: being resourceful, I think is, is absolutely key. But in terms of growing this particular client, well, it was really the messaging strategy that was far and above beyond uh, what anyone else was doing at the time. And I coupled that with essentially a framework of hook story offer, which I didn't know at the time. That's exactly what we were doing.
0: Right, we exactly. really
1: created the right hook, told the right story, and then had the the offer that worked in conjunction with that. We spent a lot of time understanding the audience, which is everything you've got to understand your audience to know how to continue the conversation that they're already having in their heads. And if you can do that, you're going to win every time.
0: So... Why did you sell that agency?
1: So uh, the, I had an opportunity. I had a buyer again for the second time <laughs> uh, come to me. I'd never actually once listed it. I've never, I've only one time in my life listed a company for sale. Um, and it wasn't this one. And it was interesting because out of the blue, uh, a guy that I knew in the agency space says, hey, let's go to lunch. I'm like, cool, let's do it. And i would known him very well. And at lunch, he's like, Hey, I want to buy our agency. Is it for sale? And of course, the answer was no. I, I didn't want to because I, we were having, we were right in the middle of our momentum. Everything was going well. This was late 2016, I want to say. And I'm, I'm like, No, I don't, definitely don't want to sell. Uh, and then, of course, the offer gets a little bit better and better. And then, unfortunately, I, I happened to have a lot of really bad life, life changes happen to me at the same time. I ended up going through a divorce. And I had four kids at the time, and I went through a lot of crazy things. And because of that, going through that transition, and then I got through this whole transition, I ended up getting remarried down the road, and I was facing the prospect of even a bigger family. I had four kids, my wife. Now we have 10 kids together. I'll tell you that right now, which is crazy. And try to run businesses with 10 kids. And so it was, it was more of life circumstances. And I realized that, oh my goodness, like I've got so much going on. If there's a time it's probably now, and I'm still young, I can still go do something else. And then I ended up selling now a transaction like that. It took, it took almost a year to have the whole thing go through, but yeah, I ended up doing it.
0: So how did you come across ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson?
1: So here's the crazy part. This is back to what I told you about in the beginning of the podcast where I had lost all momentum. I, I was, I'm not a very, I'm not a person that gets depressed hardly at all. And I actually went into kind of a bit of depression because I lost my momentum. I didn't have my purpose. And I read that quote and I'm like, I'm, I'm just not happy. I'm not, I'm not progressing at all. To that point, I hated seminars, I hated masterminds, I hated going to conferences. I, I probably hadn't read a book, honestly, in, since college. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I, I got to the point where the, the, the challenge of the frustration and the pain was so great of me being in this sort of this pit and not really knowing where to go and not having any purpose and not serving anyone but myself, which, which is completely empty and I get my joy from serving other people. So I was just essentially robbing myself from my, from my own joy and it was my own fault. And I read that quote and I'm like, I'm gonna change this. So I went crazy. Um, I, I read, I don't know, 150, 160 books in two years. I went to every conference I possibly could. I went to seven Tony Robbins events in one year. I mean, seriously, <laughs> crazy. I, I hired Garrett White, you probably know Garrett White uh, yeah. as a coach and, and got into all of, all of, his, all of his programs. That's when I learned about ClickFunnels and then I got involved in ClickFunnels. And my oh, right. very first okay. funnel hacking was actually 2020, right before COVID. Uh, I think that was January of 2020, right before everything shut down. That was the first, my very first experience with ClickFunnels. So I hadn't okay. built a single funnel right. um, before okay. then. That's why I went from 2020 and then on, I was sitting on stage with my two comic club award in 2021 a year later, which was, which was crazy. Uh, yep. I just essentially looked at, I, I, if, you, if, if you're listening and you own a course, I've probably bought it. Um, I, every single course I could get in, I dove into education, and, which was not me. Um, and now I'm speaking on stages. Now I'm doing masterminds. Now I have an inner circle. Now I have uh, people that pay me to coach them, although I do more group coaching and not any one-on-one because I'm not a big fan of that for me personally, for my model, and it's crazy that I'm doing the things now that I was seeking after. And I know my, my, my true calling is to create transformation in people's lives through uh, coaching and training and leadership and essentially what I'm doing now. And that's what I love to do. But yeah, I, I went absolutely crazy into content and then started developing my own programs from it.
0: So you went to Funnel Hacking Live in 2020. So that was, was it March? Feb- no, it's was February, wasn't it? February 2020. It-
1: I think it was like end of January, beginning of February. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And then you got the Two Comma Club the following year.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: So what happened after you left Funnel Hacking Live then in 2020 that it just blew up?
1: Well, at that point, I was already six months or seven months into my journey of just diving into what I wanted to do, what I wanted to become and learning things that I really didn't know about i you know i'd never really spoken spoken on stages before i would never really written a book i had never created a program like ignite your um ignite your fire anything like that i'd never done anything like that but i also felt called to it i felt pulled that direction for whatever reason and i also felt like i had a talent and skill and my whole life people would tell me dude you're a great public speaker you need to start speaking and and so I started doing that. I started getting speaking gigs and I started getting asking for more and I started getting keynotes at, at certain events and mostly, well, at the time virtual, but then they turned into live events over the last year, year and a half. Yeah. And after Funnel Hacking Live, I I, I launched Works, and, and then a year later of 2021, I launched Platinum Partners right after my two comic club award that I told you about. And here we are just about to reach 10 million here in the next three or four months. <laughs> Super excited.
0: <laughs> so how did you, so the here works, how did you decide on that, on that niche?
1: Um, you know, when you start focusing on creating something and you're looking for opportunity, it just opportunity shows up. If you're, if you're really truly sincere and you're working towards it, it always shows up. And I had a friend of mine that knew me from the agency space years prior he said, Hey, there is a big hole in the, cause he owned clinics and, and I knew that, but I, you know, I never really worked with in the healthcare space. And he's like, Hey, there's an opportunity here. You should go check it out. So I actually went to one of their conferences and I went to like the marketing breakout sessions to see what people were saying and what they were teaching. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. The things that they're teaching these people to do First off, it's nothing like you would learn at Funnel Hacking Live. It was like things that I had learned like 10 years prior. It was so far behind the strategy. And I realized like, even if I was average, bringing ideas from, that are average outside the industry into the industry would be revolutionary. And I saw it as a pretty big opportunity. Essentially what I did was I found an underserved market. And I, and I just happened to find it through someone else, by the way. I didn't find it myself. I wish I could claim that credit, but I can't. Somebody else actually talked about that op- or gave me that opportunity. I looked into it and I realized, wow, this is a way underserved market. They have a ton of threats that they're facing. They're not marketers. Most of these business owners in healthcare space uh, aren't, aren't marketers because they, they, they learn healthcare. They learn patient care. They're really, really good at patient care, which is not the same brain as a marketing person. They don't really like marketing. And some of them struggle operationally how to run their business as well. And so I realized, wow, there's a big, big opportunity to create and innovate something new, create a, you know, the new opportunity that we learned about an expert secrets, create a new opportunity in the space. And that's what we did. Uh, we went, cra- I went crazy and just really created this new opportunity. And then I found some relationships there. And, and then I started launched, launched it and hired, hired a team. And we went from basically two employees to 13 employees in just uh, about a year's time. And it's, it's been super, super fun.
0: So how did you, when you first launched it, how did you actually get your first clients? What ads were you running?
1: So before we actually started uh, building relationships, the first thing we did is we actually went to these industry conferences and started talking to people and having like one-on-one conversations. I'm still, I know this is old school, but I'm still a big fan of personal touch. If you can do it, it's not as easily scalable, but if you're starting, you know, if you're a high ticket Business, all you need is one twenty-five thousand dollars high-ticket sell, and bam, like that. Like you don't have to be the person that has a million followers to get in the two comma club X, right? I mean, hmm. how many how many clients at twenty-five thousand dollars high ticket? And I know for, for some of you that might sound daunting, but how many clients do you actually need in order for you to be able to get to that million-dollar mark at twenty-five thousand? Well, it's only what's the number forty-five. If I'm if my math is correct, it's not that many. Um, so knowing that we, we did a little bit of one-on-one and then right at about the same time, we started, uh, marketing, uh, like crazy to the industry space. We actually started buying lists and it was, it was nice because we, our industry was very easily identifiable as, as they say, the riches are in the niches. We knew, they had to be a clinic owner. We knew what size it had to be, how many employees and how many clinics they, they owned, which would tell us essentially what the size was. And we, we direct marketed to them. We sent them direct mail campaigns. We created email lists. We started building email lists and started uh, sending out automations uh, to them through email and text and even physical letters. We started um, creating general awareness by sponsoring events that they were industry events that they were at. And so it's a little bit non-traditional for most of the ClickFunnels community because not many of them are like brick and mortar type of businesses. Most of them are in uh, self-education or creating courses or or info products. Uh, and some, of course, there's a big side of of um, e-com. Yeah. But for us, it was... Brick and mortar were our clients. And so we knew with brick and mortars who they were. They were much more easily identifiable because they actually had a physical location that we could literally see. So we started doing that. And then we we essentially would push everyone into our content. Once we had their email, we, would, we obviously would market to them through our email lists, which of course, the bigger your list, the better. And we grew it from nothing to about 7,000 people on our email list that were all practice owners, which now it's a lot higher than that. And we really just started pushing, uh, pushing a really new messaging strategy that they really hadn't heard before. Um, it, was, it was how we do things is very, very different than the traditional model that they were used to. And now we make fun of the traditional model. It's kind of like Russell Brunson when he was like, websites are dead. That's kind of our message and websites are dead. But it's like similar to that message where this traditional model is dead. You, and, it's, and everyone's like, what? Like, there's another way? we have never heard of another way. Like, uh, actually, there is. This is the way you do it. Right. and okay. we actually build funnels for our clients as well so we send we use our model and we send all of their their potential new business to their funnels
0: right okay so you didn't run you didn't run any like ads google ads or anything like that
1: no, we did. We did simultaneous. Yes. We ran a lot. We, to this day, we ran a lot of Google ads. We actually leveraged LinkedIn as much as possible because we're B2B. Yeah. Um, we, we actually did create Google display as well. And then we, we marketed a ton on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, cool. That's, that's really insightful. So how many staff do you have on? So that's still running that here works.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. How many yeah. staff
0: have you got running? <laughs> Do you still yeah, have we, anything we, to do with that, or is does that just run with the staff?
1: Uh, d- yes, I, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, I'm still the owner of the company, and we have 13 people, and it's it's awesome. Um, I'm really focusing. That's that's running really well. We have a really good team, so that's why I'm focusing on on our platinum program, Ignite, which are you know coaching coaching programs and training programs, and really trying to to do the next chapter of my life, which is, of course, I want to keep that going and rolling because it's doing well. And I I probably spend most of my time on that. Ignite is really an effort uh, that the goal is to to really help people that are stuck, entrepreneurs that are stuck, like don't exactly know how to break through to like the Two Comic Club Award or really get the clients that they need to, or really don't know who they are and are really struggling to finding the messaging, really struggling, like trying to get past that brick wall that we all at some point have to get through in order to be able to, to break through to the level of impact influence and income that we want. And that whole effort is to really help them wake them up to really who they are, really to find their superpowers and help them rise beyond where they thought they could could go further and faster than they ever thought possible. Um, Essentially it's a way to accelerate an achievement to get from where you are to, we don't really say to get to the Two Comma Club, um, but we, we uh, talk about accelerating their momentum to their goal, whatever that might be, if it's 2CC or 2CCX or a, a certain amount of revenue. And that's what, that's what we do now. That is all pretty much involved, uh, really focused on the ClickFunnels type of community rather than uh, healthcare.
0: So is, it, is there a specific niche of person that you're after with that or is it quite? Brilliant? Yes,
1: um, Entrepreneurs that are stuck or starting out that have families um, that uh, are, are struggling to get their product and or their info product profitable. Um, and that just, just can't really break through to that level of income that they want. Um, and a lot of that too is even those in the very, very beginning. I really like to help those that were like me <laughs> 18 years ago when I walked off that job and I started my business for the first time and I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to do it. And I had to sort of figure it out. uh, That's my favorite person to help because there's so much you can do with them. And Ignite Your Fire Live is essentially helping people realize that they actually already have the answers inside of them. They're just so blocked by their limitations and by really just, they just hold themselves back so much. And if you can just open them up, it's crazy what people can do. I mean, you know this, Polly. Like, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the capacity for human beings? What's the capacity of what they can create and become?
0: Unlimited, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah, we just don't believe it, right? So that's the first step is really just like unlocking that. And when that happens, then you can integrate strategy and tactics and tools. The problem is, is one of, the, one of the things that we always try to do is we don't want the tool. We want the tactic. Like how, did, how, 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 how is usually the wrong question if you don't know who you are. You know, if you don't, you, the problem is, is it's like I could give my tool set to my child and say, build a house. He might have the tractors and the tools and everything to build a home. He'll never be able to build a home. And I'm not saying we're children. In a sense, we are when we don't know much. But my point is, it's the same thing. If you, if you're looking for tactics, tools, and strategies, that's great. But the problem is, is if you don't really, if you're, if you're, if you don't have the right mindset, if you don't have the right, uh, essentially the way of thinking of things, if you don't really believe in yourself, if you're holding yourself back and your subconscious is kind of saying like, you're full of crap, even though you're like going that direction, you're never going to get there. And so really the key is, uh, to really unlock that first and then start adding the tools and the tactics and strategies.
0: And how are, you find, how are you finding these people now?
1: So uh, we do a lot of organic marketing. We do uh, Facebook ads currently for like the, so I'm doing it all through live events because I think that's the fastest way to, so I usually do a, uh, either a, a four hour workshop free or in this case, igniteyourfirelive.com is about, um, it's a three day, kind of a three day challenge. This time I'm calling it a three day workshop for like an hour a day where we take them through that process. And I don't hold back at all. And if they want to go deeper with us, they can join one of our program at, at the end. Right. But yeah, we, we market that organically through Facebook. So we go into Facebook groups. We, uh, we, we actually do posts. And then I have a team of VAs that goes in and has conversations with them from my Facebook pro- profile and gets them to sign up. And then we also get a lot from Facebook ads. And we're now actually uh, diving a lot into YouTube and TikTok as well.
0: All right, I was going to say you on TikTok.
1: Well, yeah. Rachel. So Rachel Peterson is, she's like the, my driving force towards TikTok. She, you know, who she is just, she's, like, she's killed it on TikTok and she's really, really a big fan. And I noticed she was on one of your podcasts a little while ago. Yeah, she's awesome.
0: She's my mentor at the moment, Rachel. Oh, she's the best.
1: Yeah. She's a good, she's a really good mentor to have.
0: Yeah. So what do you think has been the biggest hurdle that you've overcome so far on your journey?
1: Uh, I I think I think the biggest hurdle that I've overcome and this may be very different from what you may be thinking, but honestly, it's overcoming myself is, is it's, it's one of the most rewarding things that you can do. Um, and I'm still not hundred percent there yet, but essentially overcoming the limitations that I've put on myself or the fears or the the thoughts that, Hey, I can't speak on a stage. I'm not, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Russell Brunson. I'm not these, these guys. I'm not, that person, or I can't do this, or really just the crap that we tell ourselves all the time, understanding that first off, it's not true. If I really think about it, it's absolutely not true, but really overcoming that subconscious programming that all of us have and the limitations, by the way, all limitations are learned. Every single one of them are actually learned that has been the biggest thing. And there was actually a study done um, just a few years ago. I'll just make this short. They took 300 or so people into a room and they took all of their limitations, their false beliefs, the garbage that we tell ourselves all the time, and they fact-checked them. They actually wanted to know if they were factually true. And they found out that 100% of the time, not a single one of them was actually true. So you can pretty much be rest assured that if you're telling yourself something negative, if you're going towards a goal and there's a lot of resistance, both externally and internally, you're probably on the right track. And frankly, the stuff you're telling yourself probably isn't true. Um, It's just bullcrap. And you just have to get behind that and really overcome yourself because you are the one, you're the biggest chokehold in your business, but you're also the biggest opportunity in your business as well. And if you can get past being the chokehold and become the opportunity, everything will change.
0: So how did you... How did you do that? How did you get past that?
1: So I got past that. There's, there's a, a lot of things that go on with your subconscious mind, honestly, by hiring a coach. Uh, you may know her. She's actually in inner circle. She's, her name is Dr. Shannon Irvine. Check her out. She's amazing. I hired her and spent a full day with her. She's actually a, a doctor of... She's a neuropsychologist. And she taught me that uh, you cannot out-hustle your subconscious mind. So you might have like a goal... But deep down inside, your subconscious is like, yeah, this is never going to happen. And because of the fact that all behavior is based on belief, like you do something because it's either part of your identity or you believe it. And the, the, the higher level of belief that you have in what you're doing, the more you're going to go after it and the more likely you are to accomplish it. But if you have a lot of subconscious programming, which frankly happens in our first – a lot of it in our first seven years of life, but even until you're like a teen – and it's mostly taught to you by somebody else, usually your environment, your parents or whatever. And even though you might have these awesome dreams, like a lot of people are like, I can never get past hundred thousand dollars in income. I can never do it. Like whatever I do, I just can't get to do it. And that's usually because your subconscious programming is like, okay, you're not worth more than that. And that's all you can do. And no matter how much you hustle in- internally, it's just not there. And so there's a process that she actually took me through that helped free what was going on in my subconscious mind and really changed my programming. It was super cool. You'll have to check her content out because she'll teach you how to do it. And it what opened was her up everything. Dr. Shannon Irvine. All right,
0: okay. I,
1: I have to look very, at her website.
0: Sounds very interesting.
1: She is, you should have her on your podcast. She is a, uh, again, she's an in, inner circle. So she's a big ClickFunnels community member. Uh, she's, she's absolutely incredible. Sounds awesome. At that awesome. kind of thing. And so a- that's why I read books like Break the Habit of, or, or not Break the Habit, but Be Your Future Self Now. Like how do you break through those things? It's really yeah. cool.
0: Very good, yeah. So do you have affirmations or like a morning routine that you do every day?
1: I do, yep. I wake up at 4.30 every morning. I'm one of those crazy wow. guys. <laughs> um,
0: <Wow.
1: laughs> I, um, I usually, that's when I read at least an hour a day. Um, that's how I get through about a book a week. And then I go to the gym because fitness is really big for me. And then I actually, the first thing I do when I wake up is I review all of my goals. And actually, this is a process that she taught me. I review all my goals and essentially what I want to accomplish. And I actually recorded my story of my perfect day one year into the future of what I, what I am and what I've become. Because reaching a goal isn't so much about doing. It's more about who you need to become. And really, I focus on who that guy is. And I create a clear vision for myself. And I listen to it right before I go to bed. And I listen to it every morning. And it's amazing. It changes your programming. It's super cool. And so that's what I do on my mornings. And, and then I go from there.
0: How long is that recording then that you listen to?
1: Oh, it's only about 16 minutes. But it's very, very, very detailed on like when I wake up, here's where I am. Here's the car I drive. Here's the house I have. Here's my family. Here's the income I'm making at the time. What, here's what I'm doing that day. Here, here, This is how many followers I have on Instagram. This is how many followers I have on Facebook. This is how many followers I have on, um, uh, this is how many people I have in my live events at that day that I actually am going to the live event that day. Uh, this is how I get there. Uh, this is what happens when I go home. This is what I do the following weekend. Like it's, it's very, a very detailed vision of my future. And you probably know mr beast he's one of the biggest guys on youtube he makes yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars he did this for himself and i didn't know this till really? like a month ago and he, you can watch it on his youtube channel he did this his, his self, i think like one year in the future and then five years and he's like i hope i have a million followers i hope i have a million followers <laughs> and, and he actually t- he actually um scheduled it scheduled the the youtube video years in advance for it to actually release And it released and he watched it back. And I think he he wanted to get a million and he was at something like 80 million. It's something like that. Like really crazy. (laughs) Mr.
0: Beast is just crazy though, isn't it? He's he's insane. But check that out. It's really cool. I will check that out. His videos. I like his videos.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty hilarious.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So I have one last question for you. Yes. If you were going to be an animal for 24 hours, what would you be and why?
1: Easy. Eagle. An eagle. Eagle because... That's the flying part of me. I am a pilot now, by the way, I do fly oh, I've you? Been for 15 oh. years now, well but just privately. Yeah. And I just, I just love the fact that eagles have the vision that they have. If you look at them, they're so focused and they, they jump off cliffs and just <laughs> soar. And, and the analogy I always talk about is, you know, it's sometimes you just have to, even if you don't fly like an eagle, sometimes you just have to jump off that cliff and find your wings on the way down.
0: Yeah. I like that. That's a good, that's a good one to finish with. Great question. <laughs> awesome. So if um, anybody wants to find out more about Ignite, where do they need to go?
1: So you can go to ericsorensen.com. It's Eric with a K E R I K Sorenson with an dot com, And you can actually access the community there. You can access the next live event. The next one's happening. Um, I don't know when this podcast is recording, but they're usually every month or you uh-huh. can go to ignite Awesome.
0: So, thank you so much for chatting with me today.
1: Thank you. It was good talking with you.
0: Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please take a moment to leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast software. It really helps us rank the podcast and get more listeners. And if you're over on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the bell. Every Friday, 8am GMT, we release a brand new episode. And until then, have a good one.